everlasting Father, in the name above all other names, we thank you this afternoon. We give you glory for who you are, O God. We honor your holy name this afternoon, King of glory. Thank you for the session that has been, Almighty God. We thank you for the gifts that you have given to our children. We thank you, King of glory, as you remind us of the great gifts that you are laying in store for us in heaven. Father, as we sit at your feet this day, we invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us in a special way, O oh my Father. Begin to minister to our hearts, O oh God. And my Father, in the short moment that we are going to share, we pray that your Spirit will manifest himself in our lives. Lift us from wherever we are, God, to a new level, O oh my Father, that we may stand in your presence, King of glory, being blessed and being anointed of thee, O oh God. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Thank you. We may sit. The time is far much spent, so we will move very fast. We believe whatever God has laid to minister to your soul, that is your portion. Praise the Lord. I want us to share on the subject of rebuilding walls. Rebuilding walls. Rebuilding walls. 600 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Jerusalem was overrun. Uh, the Israelites were taken into captivity. Uh, around 586 B.C., Jerusalem as a city were, fell into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. 550 B.C., Cyrus decreed the release of the Jews. In 536, the temple reconstruction began. And 445, Nehemiah began to build the walls of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. A good history for us, but it should speak volumes to us. God does not forget his promise to you, to anybody in this world. Praise the Lord. And because the Israelites were a chosen tribe of God, he had designated them to be in the land of Canaan. God had always purposed that they be there. No matter where they were scattered to, eventually they have to be there. Praise the Lord. So I want us to look at the book of, we'll be uh, uh, shifting between the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. The book of Ezra and Nehemiah, those will be our reference points. If we look at the book of Ezra, so I quickly went through the history to show you that they were released to come. Before Nehemiah started rebuilding the walls, already there were people staying in Palestine. And these people had already started doing something because they had discovered that the walls in their lives of various sheds had been broken and they needed to rebuild them. So when they came back, the first thing they did in Ezra chapter 3, Ezra chapter 3, in early autumn, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem 
with a unified purpose. Then Jehoshua, son of Jehozadak, joined his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtel, with his family in rebuilding the altar of God of Israel. They joined to build the altar of God of Israel. I want us to realize there are a few things that we will speak about. One, you need to identify the walls that are broken in your life. You need to be honest with yourself and identify which kind of walls are broken in your life. These people came in different shifts. The first group came and they realized the first wall that was broken between them and in their lives was the spiritual wall. It was the spiritual wall that had been broken. And they decided to do something under the leadership of Yeshua and, uh, and Zerubbabel. They decided to start by rebuilding the altar to God. That is the beginning of all rebuildings that we need to do in our lives. The children of Israel, having realized that their life was, they were in captivity. They were lost. They were being mistreated wherever they went. They were treated as second-class citizens. And when they had a chance, God started moving in their lives, trying to bring them back. He touched the heart of Cyrus. Cyrus set them free. But when they came back, two men, two men, purpose in their heart, we must set our lives right with God first. If we want to escape this kind of disaster that is coming in our way, the starting point is rebuilding the altars in our lives, the spiritual altars in our lives. So the Bible says they set out to rebuild the, rebuilding the altar of God. They wanted to sacrifice burnt offerings on it as instructed in the law of Moses, the man of God. I don't know what kind of walls you do realize in your lives that are broken, but I just want to cite out a few things. Sometimes we, we break the spiritual walls in our lives. We break the spiritual walls of our nations. We break our family walls, and we break the national walls. And this always comes about in the form of one compromise in our faith, because these days, you need to be very diplomatic. Diplomatic as you ease yourself out of the kingdom of God. Does that scare you? That you can be praised among men that so and so is a very diplomatic man, when in actual sense, your diplomacy is actually easing you out of the kingdom of God. And how do we do it? We want to sound politically right. Everywhere you go, you start talking about the name of Jesus. You are a judge as somebody who is spreading hate speech. No wonder all the, worlds of the, all the countries, the nations of the world have colluded under this umbrella, hate speech. Every nation you go to, you hear this issue of hate speech. You will never hear them arrest or harass anybody talking any other religion except the religion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You mention the name of Jesus Christ and you are in trouble. Why? Because this name is powerful. It makes 
the enemy kingdom to, to be scared. Praise the Lord. And so the, the, the problem here is because Christians want to look diplomatic, they, they, they cut off some corners of this sharp word because it's, an edged, it's a double-edged word. So they blend those edges in order not to look uh, bad in the eyes of people. I don't know how you have been behaving amidst people. I don't know whether you are able to stand and say yes. After all you have said, all I can tell you that I am born again and Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I'm not telling you to receive him, but I am telling you who I am. That is my identity. I'm not ashamed about it, but I am proud to be a child of the living God. I don't know whether you are the kind of person who say, okay, take it easy. We'll not talk about Christ. We can talk about every other thing. That's the compromise that eases us out of the kingdom of God. That sets walls, spiritual walls in our lives crumbling down. Think about your life. When have you compromised your salvation? When have you compromised your faith? Is it because of your job? You feel I must have got this job. If I don't behave well, this job will, will, will be taken away from me. In Acts chapter 16, we read about Paul being in prison and they were praising God uh, and, and, and there was an earthquake. Praise the Lord. There was an earthquake, the doors were broken. The jailer, the jailer on seeing the doors open, his first reaction was to kill himself. But the man of God told him, no, do yourself no harm. And after he saw that everybody was there, this jailer did not have the authority of releasing these people from the jail. But because he received a powerful impartation of the presence of God, he realized there must be something supernatural in what these people believe. If the doors are open, and our brother challenged us yesterday, not all doors that are open are meant for you to pass through. If the doors are open and these men are not running out of this jail, there must be something that they really believe in that I need. So he got saved. Praise the Lord. When he got saved, the fear of losing his job vanished. He is the one who released these people and said, come to my house. Praise the Lord. And they prayed in his house. And the God that we serve, he can never abandon you if you take your stand for him. Praise the Lord. The man, without knowing, the magistrate somewhere there, the Spirit of God moved through him, and in the morning, instead of saying, I want the prisoners, what did he say? Go and release the prisoners. If it were in the world today, the fear that would have engulfed us. Just stay here, brethren. I know I'm safe. You are safe. Stay indoors until we get permission from above. Which above again are we talking about? The man said, if my life has been transformed, it doesn't matter if I die now. Anyway, I was going to die. 
I was going to kill myself and I would be in hell. But now, if I'm killed because I've received Christ, glory be to God. Praise the Lord. And God heard his cry. He set the ball rolling. The magistrate set them free. So actually, it is him who announced these people. You know the magistrate has released you people. It is not me who released you. It is the magistrate who has authorized that you be released. Praise the Lord. What am I saying? Let us not compromise. Let us not be politically right. Let us not accommodate issues that are going to compromise our faith. Because by so doing, you land yourself in bigger problem. Praise the Lord. Be like that man, the jailer. Be like the jailer. Praise the Lord. In Nehemiah chapter 2, Chapter 2, verse 11, as we go on, Nehemiah comes. We have had Ezra, we have had Yeshua coming ahead of him, and now Nehemiah comes. Remember the first ones set out to rebuild the altar, a place of worship, a place of sacrifice. It is not the physical altar that we are talking about. It is your spiritual altar in your life. Praise the Lord. When you set out to rebuild your life, wherever you have destroyed it, wherever it has been destroyed, when you set out to rebuild your life, start with your spiritual altar. Praise the Lord. And then God will take care of the rest. Nehemiah arrives on the scene, and then he sets out to rebuild the wall. So the point number two that we want to share about is make a decision to reverse all the wrongs. Make a decision. You have discovered, you have identified the walls in your life that are broken. Be they financial, be they health, medical related, be they socially related, be they family related. You have identified this is where my, my life is not working. This is my broken wall in my life, and I want to rebuild it. We have said point number one, seek to rebuild the altar of sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Nehemiah arrives on the scene and he realizes another wall has been broken and that's the physical protection around the city of Jerusalem. The physical protection around the city of Jerusalem. He too makes a decision to reverse the wrongs. He says, no, this cannot remain this way. I must do something to change whatever has happened. So he sets out one evening after he has been released. By the way, if you go back in the life of Nehemiah, when he was serving the king, you realize he also was disturbed. He also was disturbed on learning that the walls are broken. And what did he do? He said, I must do something about it. He prayed. Another risk he took, he was... He, he arrived in the presence of the king with a sad countenance. You know, if you are serving the king with food, you must behave like an air hostess. Praise the Lord. Those ladies are wonderful. Those people are wonderful. Sometimes you see very arrogant passengers. 
but they can still smile and say, may I help you, please? They still smile. And I say, what kind of grace is this? That is the life that Nehemiah was supposed to be living because the king can suspect maybe you've done something wrong with the food. If you come your face with the lines, a terraces on the face, galleys on your face, he will, he will, no, 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 please take away that food because he doesn't know what you have done. But on this day, this man could not hold what was inside. There was an emotional attachment to the wall that was broken. He said, no matter what the risk is, something has to be done. He went to serve the king, but he had been praying and crying and weeping before God. Something has got to change in my life. Something has got to change among my people. They cannot remain prisoners like this. They cannot remain in captivity. So he was praying. And when he came in the presence of the king, God Almighty also spoke to this man. He asked, this, this, be, this face that you are showing me can only say one thing, that there's something disturbing you in your spirit. And quickly the man realized God was opening a door for him to begin to rebuild this wall. The Bible says he started praying in his heart. And when we say about praying, people always say, I must, I must be somewhere raising up my voice. This man was not raising his voice in the presence of the king. The Bible says he started praying. So the spiritual man in you, despite the situation you are facing, can engage God. And this physical man can continue doing his operations. Praise the Lord. You can continue handling your work normally, and your spiritual man inside is engaging God seriously on the issues that you are confronting. That is one thing we learned from him. He went and started surveying the walls to see the damage on them. It was realistic. This was not a man like Kenneth. When Kenneth knows things are spoiled, he starts working on them, even not knowing what is spoiled and what is okay. And I know many of you are in this, in this camp of mine. Praise the Lord. This man was very careful. He knew they had made the first mistake before. He didn't want to start working and make another mistake. So he prayed and he went to survey the world. He identified the problems in the world. And then he came to share the message with the people. He brought them together. At the beginning of this year, the pastor announced this is a year of revival. Praise the Lord. You cannot be revived unless something has been rebuilt in your life. The broken pieces in your life must be rebuilt. That's the starting point. Praise the Lord. Let us not expect the power of God to start bubbling around unless we address certain things in our lives which we feel are not right and not in agreement with the purpose of God upon our lives. That will require careful examination of ourselves. The way Nehemiah went along the wall, surveyed the areas that needed repair and began to address them. Praise the Lord. I pray that it be revealed to you that which is messed up in your life. I pray that it be revealed to me that which requires repair in my life. If there is any compromise in my life, I pray that God reveal it to me that I address that compromise, that I address that accommodation of evil in my life so that we may start on a new path with the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. I would mention of how these people, whenever they prayed, in Daniel 9.3, we hear of him weeping before God. These men were touched from deep within. You know, some of us are very funny. Many of us, you mess up somebody, and you know you have messed up somebody, and you know, okay, they usually say we can say sorry. That's what you tell yourself. So you come, you say, Brother Lyndon, how are you? And you know you have messed up the life of Brother Lyndon. So Lyndon says, you know you hurt me the other day. Is it? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that fine? Now, you want to apologize to this person, but you are treating so casually. So casually. It doesn't, it doesn't have any effect on your life. That's the way some of us are treating God. God reveals to us, this is where, Kenneth, you are going wrong. Okay. Sorry, Lord. And then you go ahead with your life. Treat it so casually. It will take you time until you come to the realization. Your entire system begins to realize, I need to really apologize for what I have done. Praise the Lord. Point number three. This is the second last, don't worry. Identify your place in God's plan. As God decides to rebuild your life, Identify your role in the whole purpose. Praise the Lord. Don't start taking up roles that are not yours. I have said here before, the many times I've landed in problems, trying to solve, and it's not few. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There are not few times. I've landed in serious problems. My spirit has felt this is the thing you need. Make this decision. I have made the decision. And I have gone ahead to execute my plans. According to my small intelligence here, I can see up to the end and I can see the results. So I set off. Then when I reach in the middle, things are tight. The English people say, cal de sac. I've reached a place, I cannot turn right, I cannot turn left, I cannot go ahead. Back is tight. Now I'm there. Then I remember, oh, there is a God I usually call upon. Father, if you can see where I am, please have mercy. I made a mistake. I walked as though I knew the way when I should have asked you to show me the way. Merciful God comes and delivers me. As soon as I'm delivered, I recover, I feel I'm strong. Again, I make another decision. I start walking. Again, I cry, Lord, again I've seen. I pray that all the confusion that has been in our life because of wrong decisions that we have made shall be no more. God will give us the wisdom to examine ourselves and to be honest before him. Lord, I cannot go any further unless you intervene. Come take charge of my life. Especially in this year of revival. Don't expect revival unless those things are sorted out in our life. Let God examine us thoroughly. Expose every area in our lives. 
and show us what we need to do, then we will walk with the confidence knowing that he's in charge. Finally, pay less time to detractors. Do not pay so much attention to people who discourage you. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19, But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously, What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. I replied, The God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in, the, in Jerusalem. If you go further, these people were discouraging Nehemiah from building the wall. At another time, they come and say, what are these Jews doing? Even a folk will step on that wall and it will crash. My question is this, and you see that's where we go wrong. This one is just common sense. If my wall is too weak, it can be broken by the folks. What is your problem? Why don't you sit there and laugh as I build this weak wall? Why are you coming to tell me? Or you want to help me to build the wall? So you can see what the devil does in our lives. And some of us buy that, that, that lie. The devil knows now you have made the right decision to rebuild your life. To move away from that which has been drawing you away from God. And then he comes and says, how will you make it? You've been benefiting this way, living this kind of life. If you go to God, will he allow you to do this? Now, I'm talking to an assembly of people who come from countries that the corruption index is very high. Kenya, Nigeria, India, they're not doing very well in corruption index. If I mention of policemen, all of you have got a picture of a policeman that is not related to his work. Every policeman in Kenya, he can see you have made a, a grievous mistake. But if you remove some note, you show him, he starts smiling. How are you? Boss, how are you? Even the traffic, people are full in the vehicle. He comes to greet the driver. Do you have license? Yes. Have you gone for inspection of the car? Yes. These tires are not okay. The moment the driver gives him the money, he says, okay, have a safe journey. Have a safe journey. If the, if the tires are not okay and you are telling them to have a safe journey, what work are you doing? Brethren, the devil is a liar. Let us not buy his lies because he will deny us our rightful share of what God wants to do in our lives. The moment you see yourself, your spirit, the spirit of God urging you to take a step to change your life and you hear other whispers from the back that it will not serve you right, don't do it. Go full force. Tell God, God, I am bowing my life to you. I'm, I'm giving it to you. Because that is where your journey begins to take shape. Praise the Lord. Let our walls be, be rebuilt in our families, in our finances,
and more importantly, in our spiritual life. May God bless you so much. Hallelujah. Brethren, we have heard the word now. What are you rebuilding your life with? In rebuilding, physically when you are rebuilding your house or your home or your building, it depends on the kind of material that you are using to rebuild it. In rebuilding your life, what kind of material are you using to rebuild it? You have had it, you need to make that decision. You need to identify the areas where your walls are getting cracking, where the structure is failing. You need to identify this area. You need to find out which area you have put yourself in captive. And you need to rebuild it. You need to bring yourself out of that barrier that has limited you to achieve the purpose of God in your life. Jeremiah 3 says, When you call upon me, I will answer you. You need to call upon God. Turn with me to Ezra, Ezra 1.10 or Ezra 9.1. When this thing was done, the leader came to me, saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the land with respect to abomination of Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and so on. Are you separating yourself to rebuild your life? Are you trying to remove that barrier that may not allow you to revive or to rebuild your life. Brethren, you need to make that decision. When you read that extra further, verse 8, it says, And now, for a little while, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in his holy place that our God enlighten our eyes and give us a measure in revival in our bondage. You need to wake up and revive from that bondage of life. Let us be on our feet. As we quickly tell God, Lord, this is the area that my life is getting cracking. I need to rebuild it. Give me that enablement. Give me the spirit. Let your Holy Spirit guide me. Let it lead me. So that I will rebuild my life. I can revive everything in my life. Open your mouth, brethren, and pray. And tell God, Lord, these are the areas that I'm in captive. These are the areas that my wall is getting cracking. You know those areas. Ask for God's power. Ask for the Holy Spirit to guide you. So that you will rebuild it in the way of the Lord. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We glorify you for this short message. We thank you because you allow us to identify the areas where we need to rebuild our life. We thank you because you allow us to know the area we have put ourselves in bondage, that we need to separate ourselves. Father, we ask for the Holy Spirit that we guide us, that we lead us, that we direct us to separate ourselves so that we can rebuild our life in the way that we revive our soul. Father, grant us in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father, for your servant that you have used. Father, we ask for more anointing 
that you will grant him more Holy Spirit, continue to direct him, continue to lead him and his family. Lord, for every one of us that have heard this word, it has gone in through our right ear. Right ear, it shall never go out through the left ear in the mighty name of Jesus. As we leave this place, Father, go ahead of us. We pray that when next we meet, the excellent men meet tomorrow, the women meet in the evening time, it shall be testimony to your name in Jesus' name. This week is another week. Let every of your promises come to pass over us in Jesus' name. Thank you, everlasting Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Let us share the grace together in fellowship. The love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all.